Welcome to The Source from the ATA, conversations about telehealth and virtual care from the thought leaders, experts, and visionaries who are working to change the way the world thinks about healthcare. My name is Joe Kavidar, the president-elect of ATA, and I'm honored to serve as the program chair for the ATA annual conference. This is a critical time in our history, and there's no better time than now to prepare for the future of healthcare that will most certainly include telehealth, and there's no better organization than ATA to convene our industry, hospital systems, healthcare professionals, telehealth solutions providers, payers, investors, government officials, and other stakeholders to move adoption forward. Today, I'm extraordinarily pleased and really honored to have Dr. Jennifer Schneider, who's the president of Lavongo, join us. Uh, as you know, in this time, folks, it's a busy, busy time for all of us, but especially someone running a company of the size and stature and impressiveness of Lavongo. So we really thank you, Jennifer, for joining uh, uh, Jennifer uh, previously served as the company's chief medical officer, where she led strategic clinical product vision, data science, clinical trials, and the organization's certified diabetes educators and coaches. She's the author of Decoding Health Signals, Silicon Valley's consumer-first approach to a new era of health, which explores how companies are using big data analytics and artificial intelligence to reinvent care delivery for people with chronic conditions. Prior to Livongo, Dr. Schneider had several key leadership roles at Castlight Health, most recently there as Chief Medical Officer, and has practiced medicine as an attending physician at Stanford University, the VA Palo Alto Healthcare System, and Kaiser Permanente. So a very, very warm welcome, uh, Jenny, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Joe. Such a pleasure to get to be here. Really appreciate the chance to have a dialogue. So one of the things I'm incredibly excited about is that you're going to keynote at the upcoming ATA annual virtual conference. Uh, and we know you're uh, having a fireside chat with uh, Fortune Magazine's Sai Murkaji, uh, as well as a panel discussion looking at women in, as the smart investment of the 21st century in healthcare. So there's lots to talk about, and I wanna jump right in. Uh, during the pandemic, we're seeing major players emerge in the public eye and in our industry. And, and I think I, for one, often cite, and even before the pandemic, I often cited, and I still do, Lavongo as really a, a, just an amazing success story because they're publicly traded, your founder's story of, of being so passionate about diabetes. And I just, I guess I'd love to hear from you as, again, as the president of the comp company, what what does it mean for the industry for you to be in the spotlight like that? And um, do you think there's going to be more consolidation coming in the next few months? Yeah, it's a really great framework and really great questions. Um, we could not be um, more excited to be able to offer something of value to people living with chronic conditions, particularly during this pandemic setting, as you noted prior to the setting, of course, but I believe we've really seen an acceleration of the business model of virtual care writ large in the ecosystem. And I think it's here to stay. It was here, as you know, of prior to COVID-19. And I think this has just absolutely accelerated the business models um, for those of us who are focused on keeping people healthy and safe at home in their home environment. 
I do think um, over time there will be more consolidations um, as you look across the ecosystem. You know, um, all of my friends with whom I went to medical school all practice telemedicine today. It's mm-hmm. not this additional new thing. Um, it is something that's integrated into the workflow. I had my first uh, pediatrician visit with my youngest child uh, in a telehealth visit um, from the living room the other day. And um, I think that, that this is going to continue to evolve. I think the, the ability to capture data in the outside world, which is a large part of what Livongo does and, and ensure that individual people do well, um, give them feedback, real-time feedback, and then escalate to meet and match those demands of when somebody really needs to see somebody in person is a key critical piece as we move forward. Yeah, yeah, well, well very well stated. I, it is an extraordinary time. I, I've said uh, I'll never have to, not that we're going to cocktail parties at all right now, but we may again someday, and I'll, I'll never have to go to one and explain what telehealth is. It's a, it's a health That's word. true. That's really. true. Yeah. And, and I think as an industry, we, we mustn't lose sight of the opportunity that, that that gives us, that we don't have to start at ground zero with people, that we can jump into the middle of them having some knowledge of what this is all about and engage them in a very, very new way, which I think gives us enormous opportunity. I think that that's right. The other thing I would add is because telehealth and remote monitoring and virtual care models have been in existence long before the pandemic struck, we're more advanced um, and can really truly drive um, optimal value. It's not uh, you know, brand new, a brand new mechanism. My kids, for example, go to Montessori school, which is very hands-on learning by definition. And so in this remote monitoring time with devices, that's all of that is anti-Montessori. And so there's been a huge shift, whereas telehealth and remote monitoring in this virtual care system has been in existence. So we have standards and good practices that are we can deploy at a, to be effective at scale. And I think that's a really exciting part of, of the puzzle. So one of the areas uh, that we share in common is a passion for remote monitoring uh, technology and how that sort of a, is different from your standard, I would say, uh, if I can categorize it this way, your standard video visit type of, of telehealth. Uh, I, for one, have been uh, enthusiastic supporter of using remote monitoring because I talk about one-to-many care models and how we need to move in that direction, make sort of spread our our providers across more patients at a given time where we kind of don't have enough people to go around to take care of all the chronic illness that's coming our way. But I'd love to get your perspective, particularly Lavongo's perspective on how what you do is different from telehealth, or if it isn't, then how you would envision integrating with telehealth systems in the, as, as we come out of this pandemic. And again, it's on the tip of everyone's tongue. Great, really great question. So at Livongo, we've really focused on people with chronic condition, with our mission being to empower people with chronic conditions to live better and healthier lives. And how we've built our solution set is each time we interact with an individual member, when they check their blood glucose, their blood pressure, when they step on a scale, when they're feeling stress, we're able to capture that data with complete ease. So we do that through cellular connectivity. We capture that data, use our data science, which is behavioral economists, data scientists, and clinicians kind of mashed together, if you will. And then we deliver something of value directly back to the member, directly in their life flow. So for example, a member with diabetes checks their blood glucose multiple times per day. Every time they check their blood glucose, they're getting a very specific recommendation. My blood glucose was 210 after eating breakfast today. 
that's higher than it should be, should not be a greater than 180. So I was nudged to go for a walk and drink two glasses of water. So what we've built is a system to your, your point that you can't scale, um, you know, telehealth is a different delivery mechanism of a one-to-one provider. What we've built in our virtual care model with remote monitoring is this ability to coach and to nudge behaviors, which is critically important in people with chronic conditions, multiple times per day in a system that gets increasingly sophisticated and increasingly personalized the more you interact with us and the more members we have on the platform. So similar to when you log into Amazon and they recommend a book and you kind of feel guilty for not ordering the book or not reading the book (laughs) because they've gotten to know you so well, we're doing the same thing in healthcare. The second piece I would say is we have, you know, 24 by 7 by 365 live certified diabetes educators and health coaches. And we partner with um, two telehealth providers to date, MD Live and Doctor in Demand. And the idea is that we can escalate and understand when our digital coaching hasn't nudged or driven the person to the right place or when somebody's in a time of need. I'll use the, the diabetes example again. If my blood glucose is less than 70, I get a call within 90 seconds from a certified diabetes educator to ensure that I'm safe. I can change the threshold. I can change the contact information. I can disseminate that to my care team, my, my mom, my children, whomever I want. Um, but we couple that together, again, really trying to save those valuable human resources, whether they be you know, telehealth or in-person or, um, uh, to, to when the person really needs to use those because we understand that particularly in chronic conditions, there's a number of touch points along the way that can drive health outcomes. There, there are a couple of things you said that I just would love to underscore because, again, it's I've been a student of your success, but, of course, I can't catch every detail. So one that fascinates me is this mashing together, as you describe it, of behavioral economists and psychologists and other professionals. I've often fantasized about that because I think those, and I'd be curious your reaction to this, but those disciplines, and it, it includes marketing, actually, they, they know a whole lot about how to get us to do things, uh, but, but they don't tend to talk to one another. In my experience, they have their separate vocabulary and their separate way of looking at the world. So I bet it was fun to get all those folks together behind one goal, which is changing the behavior of a patient with diabetes. And obviously the success speaks for itself. So, so that, that's, uh, you, you may or, there may not be an answer to that. I just wanted to point out how exciting that is. And the other thing that I would just, again, same, same comment, and, and you're welcome to speak to either one of them, but is that automatic escalation, which I think is so critical because we're going to come into an era very soon, we're coming into it where people will interact with software first for their healthcare. And we have to make sure that if they need a human being, they get the right human being as, as soon as possible. So anyway, congratulations on those and any comments you might have on, on either one of those phenomena would be great. Yeah, I'll start, I'll start with the first. That's that it is with absolute intention that we brought these cross disciplines together. Um, and you're right. It's, you know, you can't get people to take the right health behavior by reciting the guidelines from medical literature, right? That just doesn't work. <laughs> if, if, you, if you put a data scientist on looking at the data, they could make recommendations that don't actually fit clinical guidelines, right? And, you know, and marketing is where you're really translating that message. And behavioral economists are understanding 
explaining human behavior. Like, how do you actually motivate somebody if you have three choices? What choice do most people take? How do you frame it so people start feel motivated? So it, it is those three disciplines. And I'll just make one comment. You know, we hired our chief marketing officer. Um, had worked at Intel. She had uh, worked at Disney. She worked at Apple, launched the iPhone. Her most recent gig prior to Lavango was the chief marketing officer for the Oakland Raiders, right? <laughs> and she came in, she came in and said, I don't know anything about healthcare. And I said, and that is why we want you. Because what really, you know, yeah. you know, is people, you know, is people like I have very, very smart chief medical officer, Dr. Shaw, who's cardiologist trained at Stanford and Duke. Like I, I need him to pair with you. Right. And we need to have somebody pull the data. And so it's with absolute intention and that we're bringing these disciplines together. And then I think the part on escalation is really critical. You know, when we look at why our members love our solution, it's because we make people feel safe. We make people feel safe because we encourage them, their behaviors, we give them recommendations. But in chronic conditions, when you're falling off the rails, and this has happened to all of us, no matter how quote unquote well controlled we are, there's moments when things don't go well. And you need to know that somebody's there for you. Our members are just, you know, the amount of loyalty that is inspired by that coach reaches out to you to make sure you're safe is incredible. Right. And so it is absolutely getting um, people connected in the right place at the right time. Providers love it. Right. For the first time, they can try to bring in their people whom are not doing well outside the doctor's office and let the people who are doing well stay at home. And so it's a really, truly a win, win, win across the ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. So one thing I want to ask you a little bit about, too, is is the regulatory landscape. We, we've seen, of course, a number of regulatory changes that, that uh, accelerated during the past two and a half months, the adoption of virtual care solutions. And it might have in a, in a, and had taken years. So we, we, we sort of got this hockey stick growth without trying because the government uh, re- relaxed some regulations. One of the things that I'd call out is Lavongo's emergency FDA waiver to offer its blood glucose meter uh, in an inpatient setting. So I'd love to hear some about that story and just how you think the industry, some, some people, as you know, think that there's too much uh, regulatory, uh, we need more restraint. What's your view on that? And, and again, tell us about the inpatient story. Yeah, so I will, maybe I'll just start by saying um, we, we are grateful for our regulatory colleagues. Like we're grateful to live in a country where regulation, um, with the, the intent of regulation to keep mass populations safe. Now, it sometimes feel, might feel painful because you want to do things different faster. And so understand both sides of those, but in general are grateful for, for that um, that position. The in the Livongo use for inpatient story is a really interesting one. So Livongo is FDA cleared in the entire solution, the digital components, the coaching for outpatient use. In the setting of COVID-19, particularly in New York, where this is um, they started where the health professionals were overwhelmed in the hospitals, they said, how can we deploy solutions where people can actually take care of themselves in the hospital and we don't have to either increase contact um, or spread enter rooms um, and spread infectivity and reduce the necessity of um, PPE. And so the solution of Livongo came up and we had a number of our, of our clients whom are providers, hospitals and healthcare systems say, could we use Livongo in the inpatient setting? It allows us to remotely capture the data. It gives a suggestion directly back to the individual member. Um, and we can do this all through a centralized location. Um, really kind of crossing the chasm and meeting the needs. And so that was um, our clients asked for that that usage. And so um, 
jointly, we went and, you know, applied for an exception, which was granted so that we could be useful in the, in those settings. That's not our biggest business uh, model to increase and improve um, our reach. However, we were really excited to be able to provide value within this current ecosystem. You, you commented on, and I agree with you that there is a, uh, it's a good. It's good that we live in the U.S. where there's a there is regulatory oversight and and that helps keep us safe. But we now have this scenario where a lot of that has been relaxed and there's varying degrees of individual opinions on what should what should be clawed back, if anything. And I wondered what your what your opinion on any of that was. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to watch. There's been very specific recommendations around the short term. I think. Things that have been accelerated will continue to stay. I think things that are novel, bringing, you know, things such as, uh, you know, medications for new purposes, those are going to probably have to go under more, undergo more scrutiny. Um, Things such as uh, the telehealth visits, the access to telehealth visits, I don't think will go backwards. I think that those are things that not only have been good in this current environment, they're frankly just good for people. And now that more people are experiencing those, more people have that insight. Um, So I think it'll be a mixed as we look at what regulations stay and which regulations continue. One impression I had from, and you can uh, educate me if I, if I have this wrong, but one impression that I had from before the public health emergency was that the primary um, business relationships that Lavonga had was with health plans and employers. And so in some ways, that hasn't changed a lot. I, I wonder if new opportunities opened up for you as more healthcare providers saw the need to, I mean, we talked about the inpatient, but are there other examples where you have whole new business streams coming in because of the public health emergency? Yeah, um, the, the third part prior to COVID-19 was the payer ecosystem. And so, you know, I, I always say at cocktail parties, back to our earlier comment mm. around cocktail parties, our clients are people who are financially responsible for people with chronic conditions. So that's payers and their fully insured populations, employers and their self-insured populations, and providers where they take risk. Mm-hmm. Providers now in the ecosystem with the remote patient monitoring and the codes to enhance and support those are becoming more interested clients, if you will, to leverage our solutions as part of caring for their patients and taking, um, you know, enhancing their own revenue streams. We've seen an uptick, frankly, in all three of those departments. Um, and the biggest reason we have is that we show um, value in the ecosystem where members love our service. We have sustained clinical, um, published clinical outcomes, and we save our clients money in the first year. And so I think it's those three parts that are really driving our business in the current environment and even before, but it's accelerated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think everyone has. So it's a uh... It's a uh, strap on your safety belt time, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I've experienced this myself, which is as, as we have started. Uh, so this is the second week that we've been back in the office seeing patients for starting in mid-March. We closed the, the practice down to accept for emergencies and now we're back. And something, and, and I don't know, this may be somewhat Boston specific because we, we were pretty much on the brunt of, of, the, uh, of the pandemic, but People are reluctant to come in, uh, even though they can now. And um, I'm just curious if you have any kind of vision on how virtual uh, care companies, uh, players should be collaborating to try to create some more opportunities for people who are still reluctant to come into the office. 
Yeah, the, I think it's a great question. I think the the first, the biggest question I have is, do those people need to be in the office or how can we deliver them the care they need in the place where they need it? So I think that it's it's really an opportunity to understand what are the what are the current needs and can we meet those versus trying to get people to come back in for the sake of going back in. Right. Um, and I think that that this ecosystem, that's the opportunity where, you know, you say the delivery system into this virtual model is forever here to stay. And it is the healthcare delivery ecosystem is forever changed because people have been able to experience the types of service that they want to receive in the place where they want to receive it at scale. And so I think it's how do we best meet those people and how do we best divide the line so we can really insert and understand when people are going to do better by being in person versus being at home. Yeah, it's wonderful to have uh, had you uh, on the podcast today, Jenny. It's it's really an honor to have talked to you. It's great to have Lavongo as an ATA member. I think everyone in the is- industry is very, very proud of the way that you all have led so that, uh, e- again, even before this pandemic, we could, we could hold out Lavongo as a model of how to be successful in, uh, in connected health. So thanks so much. Jennifer will be a featured speaker at the American Telemedicine Association annual conference this year, taking place virtually June 22 through the 26th. I encourage each of you to block time on the calendar. We have a jam-packed agenda with over 200 speakers, 75 plus sessions, an interactive exhibit experience, networking opportunities, and a research track, including posters that will offer CME. For more information or to register, go to the website, gotelehealth.org. Thanks for listening to The Source from the ATA. We want to hear from you. What topics should we cover? Who would you like to hear from? To share your comments and suggestions, and for more information about the ATA, telehealth, and virtual care, please visit our website, americantelemed.org, and our American Telemed accounts on LinkedIn and Twitter. Finally, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and share this podcast on your favorite platforms. It really makes a difference. Copyright 2020 ATA. All rights reserved.